Hey, listener, are you happy with your current chicken wings? Do you wish you had something a little saucier? If you answered yes, then it might be time for you to break up with your old chicken wings and get a new honey. Lemon pepper wing from Popeye's. Share the wings with your friends so they can see it's time to move on, too. Head to Popeye's and get six-piece honey lemon pepper wings for $5.99 at participating U.S. restaurants. Price may vary. If you don't know SiriusXM, then listen up. Commercial-free music plus sports, comedy, talk, and news. They have it all. And right now, you can get your first three months of SiriusXM outside the car for just $1. Go to SiriusXM.com busted to see offer details and to subscribe. Offer available to new SiriusXM streaming subscribers. SiriusXM, no car required. This is the Busted Open Podcast. You can listen to the full show Monday through Saturday from 9 a.m. to noon Eastern on Sirius XM Fight Nation Channel 156. Welcome to the Busted Open Podcast. This is Dave LaGreca. On today's episode, WWE Hall of Famer, the greatest tag team wrestler of all time, him and I talk about a lot of different things on this road to WrestleMania 36. First, we got to get into that show that we just saw last night, Dark Side of the Ring, a completely different episode from the debut last week in season two, and that is New Jack. We get into a lot of his career in ECW, and Bully has a lot of stories to share. And speaking of stories to share, Tommy Dreamer, the innovator of violence, the landlord of the House of Hardcore, has some stories to share when it comes to New Jack as well, all coming off of Dark Side of the Ring that we saw last night. Also, we have a very, very special guest, and that is Drew McIntyre. He's going to be challenging Brock Lesnar at WrestleMania 36. We may be talking to the new WWE champion. All that right now on the Busted Open Podcast. Somebody who is a gift to us and somebody who has been a gift to pro wrestling for a couple of decades now, and that's my good friend, the innovator of violence, the landlord of the house of hardcore, Tommy Dreamer joins us. Tommy, what's going on, man? Good morning. How are you? I'm good, man. It's WrestleMania. It's Wednesday of WrestleMania week. Could you not be excited? Close, bro. <laughs> We're getting there. We're getting there. A couple more days. We're getting there. And, man, I was thinking, you know, yesterday you called in and you talked about that you thought you were on with us, and then you got a phone call that woke you up, and it was Gabby saying, "Can are you ready to come on with us? So you're actually dreaming of being on Busted Open when you weren't really on Busted Open, and what woke you up from the dream was Gabby to put you on Busted Open, which is so surreal to me. So for you, Tommy, the last thing I watched before I put my uh, head on my pillow and went sleepy time bobos is I watched uh, Dark Side of the Ring with New Jack and then After Dark with you. So I had visions of Tommy Dreamer and New Jack dancing in my head all night long. And, man, I got to tell you, (laughs) that was a pretty scary episode of Dark Side of the Ring last night. When you think about last week with Chris Benoit, who, bottom line, uh, murder, suicide, And people are talking about this New Jack episode. He's still trending. He was trending number two in the world uh, because of what they witnessed. Uh, And like I always say, and that this was my 20s. And I mean, it was brutal at times to watch. But you, I mean, I don't think people could really understand. Like this was my every single weekend. The After Dark show was uh, heavily edited. And it was a lot of fun to do, but yeah, it was, uh, it was, it was nuts. (laughs) Um, from, and not just, like I said on the show, I think they could probably do an entire episode, a season based upon ECW and things that, you know, were just a weekend for me. And yeah, last yesterday was that show was, I, I knew the people would react, um, but I didn't think it would react the way it did. And I couldn't believe, you know, I was on, for me, I was on impact. I wrestled Sammy Callahan. I forgot I was on the TNA show. And that was the show where Scott Steiner had his medical issue. And then I was on, uh, after dark and, uh, yeah, yesterday was all about dreamer. I was over. 
Yeah, you were, man. And, and there's a lot to get into with Impact Wrestling, and I want to do that because, you know, I thought Impact was very, very good last night. And like you said, still new content to present uh, to the fans right now. But, you know, you're right. You know, New Jack trending, that dark side of the ring is what everyone's talking about this morning on social media. And you mentioned on After Dark it was heavily edited. Was there something in that episode last night that you wish would have aired that didn't? Um, when I was telling the story of uh, New Jack stabbing Angel of the Baldies with the barbecue fork in his butt and kind of how like we went from he was laying on the floor and like screaming and he was popping his ass up in the air like he was twerking before twerking was happening but he thought he was stabbed in his back and the way the fork was just moving back and forth it looked like one of those um man like a vibrating uh tuner that you have like mm -hmm. when and it was just moving because he was hopping and he literally like laid on the floor ass up and he was like, he got me, he got me. And the whole locker room is first like quiet. And I walk over and I just pull a fork out. There wasn't even blood. And he was screaming like, what do I do? What do I do? And I pull it out. I go, no, get back out there. And he was like, that's it. And there wasn't even blood or anything. And everyone starts laughing. And then New Jack comes in the back and he's like, what? And the whole locker room gets quiet because they think there's going to be a fight. And he's like, Jack, you, you, you stuck me. And he's like, man, I'm sorry. And he kisses him on his forehead. And he's like, now get back out there. And they go out of there. And then he slaps him on the ass as he's going out where he just stabbed him. And they're smiling and they go out and they brawl through back through the curtain. And they finished the whole match and everything. But um, the entire, like, we all witnessed one of our friends get accidentally stabbed. And we all then were joking about it because that was just our crazed weekend. And that was, seriously, that was a Friday night. <laughs> and you some people, what? like, even when I said, like, I'm laughing, like, at these stories, you know, when I, when I jokingly said Sandman died three times, you know, Sandman died driving to an ECW show on an overdose and then worked later. I've said this story. Me hearing, like me laughing was almost like laughing, like kind of in sh like, like uh, awe or shock. Mm -hmm. Like hearing that uh, Mustafa was smoking uh, pencil shavings. I want to say, like, Mustafa <laughs> was, he looks great. And Mustafa was always kind of normal. And he was just like, you know, I'm saying to myself, he's smoking lead and, like, wrestling. I also didn't know, like, the entire, I guess, his infinity for cocaine and the search that him and Sandman would go for. So uh, things you learn. It was like a PSA of my 20s. <laughs> it's a, you know it was crazy watching that episode and there's a lot of crazy in that episode was um like Sandman was like the the sane one in that show like there he, he was kind of like the foundation of sanity watching that episode like they can do like a whole series of shows on Sandman but like you know in that episode last night he was kind of like you know, like almost like he was taken aback by stuff that New Jack had done. Yeah, I also liked his, um, he was vaping during the show, which is fine. It's legal. And it's like, you could see it in his hand, but during the actual showing of it, he would like vape and then like turn away. Like the camera on his phone was not catching him doing it. It was just, it was just such, as we used to say, a preposterous situation <laughs> because it was absurd. It truly was. And, but I guess, you know, when, when you think about a riot and we literally had like guns in our faces was just like a blown over story where we could have had a massive, like we beat up 
police state troopers. And that was just a glossed over story of how like that whole documentary was like, cause you could do a complete episode or if that happened today where police pulled guns on a bunch of wrestlers and they were drinking and all that stuff. Um, and that was just a glossed over, like it was like a glossed over segment on the show. Like, Hey, we come back. Uh, after that great story, we have Nita Strauss, you know, <laughs> it's, it's just nuts, dude. It really is. I, I don't think people can comprehend what, uh, I seriously went through and <laughs> what ECW was. And a lot of the guys were hitting me up last night and they're like thinking about it now. Cause I mean, like I said, I was in my twenties going through all this and we were like, we were in, it's, it makes us sound like so barbaric and not normal, but that was our, that was the normal. And for, you know, you have those extreme circumstances of guys like, you know, doing drugs and, you know, wrestling to that level and jumping off of, you know, with Jack jumping off of stuff and going out there and performing to that level. And then you also have people who didn't drink or didn't do drugs and just were like, you know, it's, we had such an eclectic mix of, of people in ECW and oh man, it was crazy. And, and that's the thing, Tommy, like, and you know, obviously like most of the people that are listening to this right now probably watched ECW back in the day and, you know, and, and you kind of adjusted and like, there were things that shocked you, of course, but like when you go back and you watch it now here in 2020, it's amazing that this stuff happened and that this went on and you talk about a calming force, like, you know, knowing you and seeing what new Jack was like, I can't believe that the two of you shared a locker room and were able to work together because you are so the opposite of somebody like New Jack, as far as like the over the top and the, the the drug use and everything else, because you're as you know as sober and as sane and as straight as anybody I had ever met. But I think that was the beauty of ECW, because that you can have all these characters and personality and be able to work together and put on a product that was you know for that time really really big and successful. Oh yeah, and I mean we were. I, you know, and I know Bully will, will say it too. Neither of us ever had a problem with, with Jack. Um, and I've tagged with him. I wrestled him. Uh, so like, and, or, or, or Sandman, none of us wanted to wrestle Sandman sober because he was horrible. Um, and saying that now, like you would say, like Sandman shouldn't be able to do that. But again, it was a different time and a different era, but, you know, Jack was, when I want to say professional, he was always professional. Even when he came back and, and Bully will talk about it because Bully wrestled him. He was just there to do business. After ECW went away, a lot more of the crazier stuff happened with Jack. And, you know, for when they talked about the mass transit incident, that was a, a common occurrence for a wrestler to cut another wrestler. And I mean, I, I've had Raven cut me and just to think about like saying that out loud. And then at the end of my whole thing, when I was, I mean, I was the, the, the picture of me bleeding was on the back cover of every wrestling magazine. It was just my face in a total crimson mask. And I remember like seeing the blood shooting out over my face where I cannot see. And it was for me to, uh, Raven had crucified me. And then I'm waiting for a steel chair to, to hit me in my head. And at the end, I was like, that was great. And then I was also like, wow, that was a lot of blood. And I had a scar on my head for a lot of years. And like when I came in the back and Raven was like, ah, you know, sorry, I never did that before. And I was like, why didn't you tell me that before? I would never have done it. But like, I didn't know how to do it either. And, you know, that was more of a 70s and 80s practice mm -hmm. and but just thinking about like having someone do that is ugh, like it grosses me out but back then it would be normal and you know i i gotta say like we were the extreme but there's so many different 
you know, if you look at the violence of football or, you know, Deacon Jones literally clubbing people in the head Mm -hmm. and trying to take out a a quarterback. Um, If that happened today and it has happened today, you know, guys get suspended for the rest of the year. But back then it was a normal thing. Um, I was watching a world series thing and Johnny Damon had a vicious collision in the outfield. And he said, I played, it was the game four with uh, the Yankees and, and Pedro Martinez. And he goes, I played, I had no legs. I was sick. I played with concussion. I had gotten a concussion three days before that. And thinking of that, just how the times were. And it was, I mean, I guess why people still chant ECW to this day. But man, it was it was rough to watch. And I mean, the biggest thing too for me was, you know, when he stabbed that guy. I mean, we literally sat there and watched a, a human being get stabbed. And then only in professional wrestling, the only reason why he wasn't in jail was because then the guy wanted to run an angle with Jack and go make money with that all over the place. And he dropped the charges. And, you know, that was just next level pro wrestling absurdity that had nothing to do with ECW. And I mean, and I watched again, the footage, the guy was pretty green. He locked up at, and he, you know, he punched Jack twice in the face and in your head, if you're getting hit twice, I've been in situations where a real fight is going to, is breaking out in the match. If this guy, you don't know if he's going to do something to you. And back in the day, wrestlers carried weapons. This was all the time. Um, Sabu probably still carries a giant spike in his boot in case fans rioted because we had fans riot all the time. But anyway, there are two guys and he, that guy was just the drizzling shits. And that was after ECW. But then New Jack decided to go into his pocket. We all saw him, you know, but Jack had no remorse for doing it, which why would he? Because, hey, if I don't want to say rage, I mean, they talked about stuff that I had heard about with, you know, his upbringing. And mm-hmm. he, here's a guy who didn't have a really good upbringing and he gets punched in his face twice. He has no problem stabbing you multiple times. And if, you know, he has to go to jail for that, he'd go to jail for that. I don't know how I'd react if someone just punched me in my face a couple of times. And if I felt my life was online, don't know if I would do that. But it's, uh, yeah, man, it was nuts. It really was. And even like watching, like you mentioned the mass transit incident, but even like, you know, he... You know, he had to go in front of a jury. There was a whole court case. And, and then he talked about how, like, Paul Heyman worked the jury. Like, he was saying, like, he's, he's, he's working them. Like, it was, just hearing all those stories, Tommy, it's just, like, it's funny because you're watching some things that you already knew about. And then you're finding out some facts, too. And, I, I mean, geez, Tommy, you're finding out facts that you didn't really know about. But, like, you know having seen and what was going on at that time and then reliving it like, you know, 15 years later, 20 years later, it's, it's, it's surreal when you watch it. And it's almost unbelievable. Even though you knew it happened, it's almost unbelievable to see it actually took place. It's, it's, it it was, it's a crazy dark side of the ring for sure. And especially in today's politically correct world. But if you think about, ECW, our slogan was politically incorrect and damn proud of it. Um, And why I always say ECW could never have existed uh, today because everything, I've said this so many times on the show, everything we did was illegal. And people saw a glimpse of it, a small glimpse of it. I mean, I remember a time when they were all, we were doing television in my match and bully was in my match and those guys were uh tripping on acid going to the ring and sam has entrances four minutes and 44 seconds so yeah that was for my 20s everybody welcome <laughs> glad you got to see it 
Yeah, I got a, I but, got you know, a glimpse. Again, like I talk, you're a Dallas Cowboy fan. Yeah. The movie North Dallas 40 yeah. was all about them doing drugs and going out there, drinking, partying, performing. You, you think about the 86 Mets, the behind the scenes of that was insane. I was the old school uh, hot foot where you would, in baseball dugouts, they would light guys' feet on fire, and they would show that on This Week in Baseball. <laughs> if that happened today, where another player lit somebody's foot on fire, I think that person would probably be suspended from baseball. You think? But it's it's a different. Oh, it was absolutely. a different world. And, and you mentioned like I'm a cowboy fan. Like you know, you hear the stories now. This could be like a dark side of the field if they wanted to do it on football. I mean, like Hollywood Henderson during the Super Bowl against the Steelers was doing coke on the sidelines. Like it sounds ridiculous, yeah. you know, because now everything is like everybody's got a camera on them, and you know exactly what's going on on the sidelines and everything. And then you know he did coke so much that he had to liquefy it and put it in like a visine bottle and he would snort it like during like during the super bowl you know he's he's snorting cocaine on the sidelines like it's just that you know first of all we have the access now that we didn't have 30 40 45 years ago but like you you watch that dark side of the ring and this went on like none of those things not one of those incidents that they showed on that show last night would ever happen today in the current state of pro wrestling old school baseball um, stealing signs. Yep. The players were, I'd throw at your head and they're taking a ball as 90, a hundred miles an hour trying to injure you or sliding into you. If you're a shortstop or second base with your spikes to injure you, you know, that was baseball. Forget about, I'm, I watch so much like sports documentaries. Uh, I'm watching a story about the Knicks and the, you know, the rise and the fall of the Knicks and it was just like this physicality between basketball players where, you know, riots would happen, you know, the, the old school Detroit Pistons and yeah. And, or, I mean, hockey still is a violent sport, but they are doing stuff to change it. But I mean, hockey, they still allow fighting in hockey until, but I mean, back in the day it would be, everyone would be fighting. You watch the, you know, the movie slap shot. That was a common occurrence. Yep. And it was like, you know, and if you think about when a lot of people rise at a hockey game, it's when a fight happens. And like, oh, oh, look. And hockey allows fighting. It's the only sport that allows it. But it's just, you know, even in their fighting, and they had players who were goons whose jobs were to go out there and injure other players. And they had no helmets. And it was just, that was, again, the sign of the times. But watching that last night, I was like, what the hell have I lived through? <laughs> and I wouldn't change it for anything, just like I said on the documentary, because, hell, I'm going to be 50 years old, and I was on four television shows and this radio show in one day, and I'm still wrestling. And during Impact Wrestling, we're having a conference call and trying to formulate the next televisions with wrestling for Impact Wrestling. And, you know, today I'll be watching just like everybody else. I'll be home and I'll be watching NXT and AEW. And it just keeps rolling along for me, but for wrestling fans. And it's just, I've lived a blessed, and I put it out there. I lived a blessed life and I can't thank people enough for being a part of this crazy ass journey. And, and Tommy, I got to thank you. You know, I, I don't even know. I think it's like day 58 of my Mania shirt challenge. And today I'm wearing a shirt that was a gift from you. I have my Rufus R. Jones King of Mid-Atlantic nice. t-shirt on. So this is by far the best t-shirt that I have. And, Tommy, it's always good having you on, man. I'm sure we're going to be talking about that dark side of the ring when Bully joins us. And, Tommy, thanks so much for the time, man. I'll talk to you tomorrow. See ya. Your home for all things combat sports is Sirius XM Fight Nation. Start your day with Hall of Fame Pro Wrestling Talk on Busted Open. Respect these men and women that build the business. Then, the Barak Show keeps you up to date on all things boxing. Boxing is the theater of the unexpected. And MMA guru, Luke Thomas, has you covered for mixed martial arts. Joe Rogan is the most important influencer in all of MMA. The fight game broken down like nowhere else. Only on Sirius XM Fight Nation Channel 156.
Olympics. WWE Hall of Famer, the greatest tag team wrestler of all time. The one and only Bully Ray. Bully, how the hell are you, man? It's Wednesday. You know what that means. Oh, boy. You know what that means? What? I have no idea. I was just uh, watch his name social media. What the, the the chosen one, the exalted one, the big Brody guy King, over there, Brody Lee, Brody, Luke Brody, Harper, Brody, Brody. <laughs> Wednesday. You know what that means? <laughs> well, you know what that means is that we got WWE Hall of Famer, the greatest tag team wrestler of all time, Bully Ray, joining us before AEW Dynamite and NXT, and right after an episode of Dark Side of the Ring, which you know coming off of. The dark, the emotional dark side of the. If if last week's dark side of the ring got brought you to tears and made you emotional, and and how could it not? This week's dark side of the ring was just like holy shit. That what? what? Like those are the emotions that you got from last night. So I called you yesterday at about five o'clock, and we were talking about the dark side of the ring episode that aired last night. What did I tell you on the phone? You said it was you, you're you're gonna be like holy shit! What did I just? Why it's gonna shock you, and it and it absolutely did. And and did it live up to the expectations? Yes or no? It did. It here's the thing, bully, and Tommy. Who and you and Tommy lived through this. You know, you you saw this. You were either in the ring or in the back watching this. Like I remember a lot of these incidents, and watching it back now, like t- twice. During that episode, I had to turn my head. I actually had to. I, I, I don't remember the, if ever I had I turned my head watching pro wrestling. That happened twice during that episode last night. The episode was shocking. That's a good word. Um, you know, Jack was a very, very interesting personality. A unique personality. A guy that I often feel was tremendously misunderstood when it came to his level of talent. I want to take you back to beyond the mat. Remember when the the you know by uh who who did that? Um Barry Barry uh, Barry Barry something. Abby yeah. Abby Abby Normal. Um <laughs> who was that? Uh Barry he's gonna but kill I, But me. I do remember Beyond the Mat. Barry Blaustein, was it? <laughs> so in Beyond the Mat, you know, it really focused on a lot of different things, uh, including Terry Funk's retirement against Bret Hart. I think that was like Funk's seventh or eighth retirement. <laughs> Whoever retires that many times should be thrown out of the wrestling business. Wink, wink. <laughs> um, so, <laughs> so if you remember it, in the end of Beyond the Mat, they actually dedicated a whole segment of that movie just to New Jack. Yep. Because New Jack has been and and it was such an interesting personality, such a colorful personality. A guy that uh, a lot of people, you know, just don't get. And what I found interesting was at during the documentary last night, the guy down in the Cal, in the in the Florida Federation where New Jack had that like second stabbing incident. He talked about New Jack cooking spaghetti and wanting to make sure everybody was taken care of and always laughing and having a good time. That's the guy that I knew. And nobody in ECW was in that ring with New Jack more than me and Devon from like 97 to 99. Every single night, New Jack's music would hit. And every single night, me and Devon were on the other end of whatever weapons were in his hands, whatever balcony he wanted to jump out of. So many nights. I was shocked last night that they didn't use more footage of what the, you know New Jack and the Dudleys had been through. It's really not a big deal. But it was night after night, whether we were wrestling New Jack Like, either it was New Jack and Mustafa when it was Gangsters versus Dudleys, or whether it was New Jack and um, Balls, or New Jack and Cronus, or, you know, or most, a lot of times it was New Jack, Dreamer, and Sandman versus the Dudleys. 
whether you're wrestling him or whether it was a post-match beatdown, Jack's music would hit. He would crank us over the head with every single weapon, and we did great business together, and then we'd be laughing about it afterwards. The guy that was portrayed last night, I know that's the perception, but I knew the reality of the guy. And the reality for me and Devon was Jack was a good dude. And it's so funny hearing you say that, Bully, because the guy who was portrayed on Dark Side of the Ring last night was not a good dude. Like, you could say, all right, he's making spaghetti and he wants to make everyone happy. Those are just words because it's those incidents that you saw last night. Like like I said, I had to turn away watching those incidents. So it's like, you know, how could that guy I saw on my TV last night and then hearing you that I know so well say that was a good dude. It's, it's, it's going to be hard for people to understand that after watching that episode last night. And I can only go by my experiences with him in and out of the ring. In, in the, with all of the violence that we have ever done with New Jack, I cannot tell you of one night or I don't even have one memory of being upset afterwards. Maybe I'm forgetting something. Tommy's got a much better memory than me. Uh, and Devon does also when it comes to a lot of the things that I've kind of thrown away, you know, out of my brain, or I've just had bludgeoned out of it by Chris Jericho. Um, you know, so there might've been maybe one incident, but I can't ever remember coming in the back and not being covered in, we're just all completely covered in blood and laughing with one another about the great business that we just did out there. And Jack constantly thanking me and Devon for taking anything and everything that, you know, he wanted to give, you know, and these balcony dives started with me and Devon. Me and Devon were the only ones willing to lay on those damn tables. I mean, one of the most famous shots is in the Asbury Park Convention Center. It was Bubba and Devon versus Spike and New Jack. And, and we found the highest spot in the convention center. And I believe the pay-per-view was living dangerously. And me and Devon were laid out on two tables. And there's Spike and New Jack standing at the top of the, uh, you know, of, of the balcony of the convention center with just 4,000 people standing behind them. And they double jumped off and put us through the two tables. There weren't, there weren't many people that were willing to lay on those tables then. I mean, afterwards, yeah, there was the Jack victories and there was the, uh, you know, and the Vic Grimes. That happened all post, uh, you, know, yeah. you know, post, you know, me and Devon were there. But it's, you know, watching last night, I'm seeing what's portrayed. And then I'm thinking to myself, when did we ever have a negative altercation or incident with Jack? I don't remember getting stiffed by Jack. I don't remember doing bad business with Jack. I don't remember any of this stuff with Jack. You know why I don't remember it? Because it never happened with us. I think there was a mutual respect and camaraderie amongst us where it was, we're going to do some of the most violent stuff out there. And unless we take real great care of each other, we're not going to be able to do this violent stuff. You know, Dave, I remember laughing in the ring with the guy. Yeah, and you mentioned respect, and I think when you go back and watch that show, the incidents always started with disrespect. Like you talked about the one independent show with that guy, Red, who actually punched him in the face a few times. Like it starts with disrespect, and then it kind of steamrolled from there. But what you're saying is the man that you worked with every night, there was that mutual respect. I think that's something that may have changed after you had left. Uh, I, I definitely think that these are isolated incidents. The mass transit thing happened before me and Devon had been put together as a team. I know it's a, a crazy, crazy, you know, moment in time. And I, I don't even know the right words to explain it. The kid lied about the age. What Jack did, although seems insane, it was an old practice within the wrestling business. It's a very old school practice. Did he go a little too far? I, I, I guess by some people's standards. 
Sirius XM's got a new podcast series getting you ready for the upcoming NFL Draft. With the first pick. Hosted by NFL Radio's Bruce Murray. Each episode focuses on a specific position and features in-depth analysis and interviews with top prospects. Right now, you can check out our wide receiver episode, which showcases conversations with Jerry Judy, C.D. Lamb, Henry Ruggs, and more. New episodes drop every Monday leading up to the NFL Draft. Just download the Sirius XM app, search NFL Draft Previews, and enjoy. Uh, so let me ask you this, Dave, uh, because of everything that's going out on out there in the real world, we're getting hit with the Black Plague or Armageddon or whatever the hell you want to call it. Um, we know that WrestleMania has been taped, correct? Yes. So when Drew gets on the line, what do you think the chances are that we're actually speaking to the current world champion? Yeah, it is. You, you never, never know. But one thing we do know is that we're talking to Drew McIntyre. It was just three years ago. We were in Orlando, Bully, and Drew McIntyre became a part of our show. And then later on that night, joined NXT. And now he's going to be in the main event in WrestleMania 36. So let's bring him in, the one and only Drew McIntyre. Drew, how are you today? Uh, fantastic, lads. How are you? Yeah, we're excited to talk to you, man, because here we are, WrestleMania 36, just a few days away. You're in the main event. It's been one hell of a journey, and this journey is now your goal, being in the main event against Brock Lesnar for the WWE Championship. How you feeling? Yeah, I think a heck of a journey might be an understatement, considering everything that's going on. It was a heck of a journey before all this happened, but it wouldn't be the Drew Galloway, the Drew McIntyre story if everything went to plan. But nonetheless, main event of WrestleMania, fighting for the WWE title, and it's against Brock Lesnar. I'm feeling more than ready. Uh, Drew, how you doing, brother? It's Bubba. Uh, the the lot of the talk is if Drew is able to win and defeat Brock, it's going to be a bit bittersweet because there's not going to be a crowd there. I've heard you go on record to say that this will be a memorable WrestleMania moment for you no matter what. Can you can you dive a little deeper into that? Can you please explain? Yeah, I mean, I spoke about it a couple of times, and I've mostly thought about it, you know, by myself, spoke about it with my wife. You know, it's a very unique situation. And, um, you know, if I do pull it off, it is to be a huge deal to me. And I think it is going to be unique. I spoke to some of the other superstars and told them the same um, thing that I'm thinking, my theory. Like, you don't usually get to see, you know, somebody like, I don't know, and having a personal moment and letting go. When you win a championship, there's a crowd there, they go crazy. You're emotional, you feed off the crowd, maybe you go into the crowd, you see your family, you go to the back and gorilla, everyone's there clapping, you celebrate, you go back to the locker room, everyone's there, you celebrate, the adrenaline's still going. It's not until you get back to the hotel. You go into your hotel room, you're by yourself or you're with your significant other, you close the door and you're alone and you look at that championship because I've done this a bunch of times with the titles I've won over the years and that's where you finally just let the real emotion come in. And every, like, everyone's going to get to see that very personal moment. It usually happens in a hotel room if I'm able to pull it off. If I don't pull it off, it's not the end of the world. It is a dramatic entire story. We eventually get to the destination no matter what. But yeah, to me, it is still you know, going to be a very big moment if I can uh, be brought for the championship. And everyone's going to get to see a very personal moment for a lot of other superstars after the match, I think. So it's going to be very unique in a lot of different ways. You know, Drew, this story, and I was talking about it earlier in the show, you know, you know, three years ago, you were with us in Orlando for our WrestleMania party, and it was just before you, you appeared at NXT, and here you are three years later in the main event at WrestleMania 36. I mean, that's one hell of a journey, and when you look at it right now, it's history-making. No matter what happens in that match, Drew, no matter if you're the champion or not, this is going to be history, and... You know, it's different. It's not what we thought it was going to be. But people are going to look back at this WrestleMania 25, 30, 50 years later because of, of the history that's going on in our world right now. And and I think for at least one moment, 
on this weekend, you know, they're going to look back at your match with Brock Lesnar, and it's going to be remembered for a lifetime. Maybe not for the reasons you thought it was going to be, but it will be remembered. Do you do you understand like the significance that this has on history? Yeah, for sure. Now, again, this is something I've thought about a lot. Um, you know, initially, obviously, disappointment and upset, but now looking at the positives, the upside. We're pushing forward. We're giving everybody something to look forward to, especially, you know, the WWE wrestling fans. But these big WrestleMania moments that happened over the years, they're amazing at the time. They're amazing the raw after. They're amazing the week after. But the machine keeps going. The wheels keep turning. People start to forget as time goes by. And maybe you're lucky enough to pop up in a big video package with your moment. By the time the next WrestleMania rolls around, people forget. Time rolls on, people forget. Maybe they watch it back um, on the WWE Network, etc., but it kind of gets lost in history. This ain't going to get lost in history. This is part of history. This is WrestleMania when the world stood still. And like you say, for the rest of the time, people will talk about this WrestleMania. And, you know, I'm very proud. We are pushing forward, giving everybody a show. And again, if I can pull it off and win the championship when the world stood still, I think that's very fitting in the Drew McIntyre story, considering the journey I've been on. Drew, I think we both know and we can both agree that Brock Lesnar is a different animal uh, and, and a special talent, but so are you. Can you speak a little bit to the Rumble and the business that was able to be done on that night and that moment in time? And have you gained a newfound respect for Brock Lesnar despite you wanting to, to defeat him for his championship? Yeah, I mean, like you say, there's nobody like Brock Lesnar in the world. Just being around him, I'm learning a whole lot about, you know, thinking more like a businessman and how you present yourself. And Brock is special because he presents himself as special aside being this otherworldly um, athlete that he is. And seeing the way, you know, the story of the Rumble came together, the way Brock Lesnar was built up as the monster that he is. He was built up as the next level monster in that rumble, just eliminating guy after guy, superstar after superstar. I believe it was 13 in a row. And then eventually it led to the moment of, my goodness, he's going to run through everywhere. He's going to win this thing. I started getting some steam going. The fans kind of organically started getting behind me right before this. And in that moment, because the character Brock Lesnar uh, was built up to the point where he wasn't just Brock, he was super Brock. And I came in there and I eliminated him. In that moment, suddenly Drew McIntyre went on a different level because of how Brock Lesnar was built up. And then to go on and actually win the Rumble and for the fans to actually cheer me at the end, considering they could have turned on me. Like Edge made his return after nine years. I was in the ring. I felt the reaction. I went, oh, my God, they're going to boo me. There's no way the fans are going to cheer because Edge is going to get eliminated right at the end here. And we'll see what happens. And then when the fans turn on a match, when they don't get a superstar, uh, they believe in winning. And Edge just returned after all this time. And the fact that uh, I was able to eliminate Brock, tell that story in the first half, really, he made Drew McIntyre. And by the end, when Edge got eliminated, they were upset. But when I eliminated Roman, they came right back and 40,000 people went crazy. That was a wild night for Drew McIntyre and really a star-making night for Drew McIntyre. And got to thank Brett Lesnar for that. Drew, you just said it was a star-making night for you. In your entire career, has anybody given you the opportunity to set yourself up for success more than Brock has? No, absolutely not. You know, I've had a, been fortunate of a lot of opportunities. A lot of people help me out. But realistically, there's nobody like Brock Lesnar on planet Earth that ever has been. And the fact that, you know, I've been getting one up on him the entire, every step of the way, basically, I don't think that's ever happened. And in the Brock Lesnar history in WWE, that somebody has got him every single turn. I think he got me with one F5 at the last time we saw us together on WWE TV. And I dropped him three times in a row. And I can't remember the last time that happened, if that ever happened. And then you've not seen me for the last two weeks. So the last image people have had that Brock has felt uh, before WrestleMania is getting dropped in his ass. And then I disappeared for two weeks. So Brock had to show up to work two weeks in a row. So I pulled off the miracle. I made Brock show up to work two weeks in a row. And I wasn't there. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> you can see me screaming the whole time. It's not, my, it's not my first day either. A lot of mind games going on for Drew McIntyre leading into WrestleMania. So it's such a unique build. It's something that Brock you know, has never been involved with before. You know, and it's really put me over as, you know, an equal monster. Um, it really set me up for, you know, what's going to happen in the, the future, even or losing this match.
You know, Drew, I, I know time is short because you have a lot of media that you're doing leading up to WrestleMania 36 that you can see on the WWE Network both Saturday and Sunday. It's this year's WrestleMania. It's just too big for one night, so it's going to be both Saturday and Sunday. And Bully has said this show a lot here on Busted Open about that. In years past, people just wanted to see Brock Lesnar lose because they didn't want Brock to be champion. This is definitely one year where people want to see Drew McIntyre beat Brock Lesnar because they want Drew McIntyre to be the WWE champion. And I know for myself, I'll be rooting for you. I always appreciate the time that you've given this show. And it's crazy to think back three years ago, you just became part of the WWE once again. And now you're going to be in the main event at WrestleMania 36. We're all very proud of you, and we wish you luck this weekend, Drew. Well, I really appreciate that, and I appreciate everyone who supported me and been there the whole time. It's been one crazy journey, and hopefully anyone that's listening, whether you're in the business or not in the business, um, you're pushing for something, you, know, you want to achieve something, it seems almost impossible. Trust me, if you work hard enough, you give it everything you've got, you don't take no for an answer, and you can be accountable to the person in the mirror. You can do absolutely anything. So just look at Drew McIntyre. I did it twice. Drew McIntyre. Drew, Drew thank you so much, Accountable to man. the person in the mirror. That is, that is such a big thing, Drew, because I've always said on this show, every question a wrestler has about their career lies in the mirror. You are the one that is responsible for everything. And, and what you just said, it really resonates. And when you look in the mirror, you should be extremely proud of yourself, brother. Go out there this weekend and knock them dead, kid. Thank you, brother. I always appreciate you. And hopefully we'll have a new WWE champion, grown-ass man, Drew McIntyre. There you go. <laughs> grown-ass man, Drew McIntyre. Drew, thank you so much. Good luck. <laughs> Thank you, Lance. Appreciate it. Right. Take care. Drew McIntyre, bully. And, uh, you know, with all the circumstances that are going on, when you listen to his words, you know, this is a guy who has had a long journey. He got a second chance with the WWE. He's made the most out of it because, like you said, and what he just told us, he took accountability. He looked at himself in the mirror. He changed what he had to change, and he did what he had to do. And now he's going to be in the main event at WrestleMania 36. So many wrestlers who have not succeeded blame everybody else except themselves. And I've been um, a thorough believer in, in life and, and in this business. The answer lies in the mirror. Why this? Why did I not get pushed? Why am I not the champion? Why am I not making more money? Why aren't they doing this with me? Why don't they see my potential? Well... Take a look in the mirror and you'll get all of your answers. And, and, and it's very difficult to acknowledge that you are the problem sometimes. I will always admit my mouth got me everywhere that I've been in the wrestling business. And my mouth has also gotten me everywhere I've gotten in the wrestling business. Meaning, if I never spoke up for me and my partner, we would have never accomplished what we have accomplished. And also, if I never, you know, if I didn't speak up for me and my partner, maybe we would have achieved even more. You live and die by your own decisions in this, in, in this industry. And... You are accountable for every ounce of your success or lack of success. Because if you give them a reason to turn their head, if you give them a reason to acknowledge you, they're going to have to do something. I watched a documentary about Kiss uh, two nights ago in which the narrator said these four guys were going to make you never forget them. And if you listen to the New Jack documentary last night, what was the advice that the guy that trained New Jack gave him? The same thing. He said, be different, be something that you've never been, and make them remember you. And that's exactly what happened with New Jack, for good or bad, for good or bad, bully. Yep. And Drew McIntyre was very forgettable. In his first stint in the WWE. Is Drew McIntyre forgettable now? No, of course not. 
and that's because Drew McIntyre made himself unforgettable. And bully, I think the biggest thing, and it's such. A, I mean, I mean, what you said is so true, and it really resonates not only in the world of pro wrestling, but in life. That's you know, you have to take accountability for yourself if you're going to be a success, and. And you have to take accountability when you're not successful. What do I need to do to change? Drew McIntyre did that. You know, what? I, I think his goal once he left the WWE was to someday get back into the WWE. What do I need to do? How do I need to change myself? I'm sure there were times that he, you know, blamed other people. But blaming other people is not going to get you back to where you want to be. It's got to be what what do I need to do for myself to change? And he did that. It's a 13-year journey. Like a lot of people may watch him on Monday Night Raw and think he's an overnight sensation. He is far from an overnight sensation. And three years ago, Bully, we had him on our show. It was right after he wrestled a match at an indie show, you know, where he was probably wrestling in front of 300 people. And then that night he was in a crowd in front of 20,000 people where they made the announcement he was now back in the WWE and a part of NXT. And now he's in the main event at WrestleMania. And I'm glad, too, that he's looking at it as a positive because I'm sure he could probably be down on himself. And he said that he was at first the fact that this is not going to be in front of 75, 80,000 people. But you know what? This is still going to be hist- good or bad, bully. This is going to be an historic WrestleMania. What we're going to witness this weekend. People will always be talking about it, and one of the things that we always talk about on the show is how important Brock Lesnar truly is to the WWE and to that championship. And you hear me sing his praises, not because I like blowing smoke up Brock's ass. It's because he deserves it. He earns it. And he's an incredible businessman. I get a lot of flack on the show, especially on social media, about how highly I speak of Brock. And I only do that because I've seen firsthand with my own eyes and ears the magic that Brock can create when the time is right. Now you've heard it out of Drew's mouth also. Brock Lesnar, everything that happened in that Royal Rumble with Brock making himself an absolute, indestructible, undefeatable monster was all done for Drew. Brock is looking out for Drew. Brock is creating these moments just for Drew. Brock is taking that Claymore better than anybody has ever taken it just for Drew. Brock is laying on the ground making snow angels just for Drew. Brock is selling just for Drew. Brock is taking those Claymores, you know, three, four times in a row just for Drew. Everything that is going on, Brock is doing for somebody else. That should tell you everything you need to know. And if for some reason Brock were to win this Sunday, there's still a bigger picture ahead. And it will be just for Drew. WrestleMania 36 is finally here. And Busted Open has got you covered this Sunday at 3 p.m. Eastern with our WrestleMania pre-show. Dave LaGreca and WWE Hall of Famer Bully Ray will get you ready for the biggest pro wrestling event of the year from returning legends. NXT challengers who will come out on top. It's Busted Open's WrestleMania 36 pre-show only on Sirius XM Fight Nation, channel 156. It was so weird talking to Drew McIntyre because this is unlike any other WrestleMania. <coughs> Excuse me, as you heard, you know, a lot of things being taped and everything's oh, already wait. in. You didn't cover your mouth. You didn't cover your mouth. There's new rules. You can, you're gonna, you, you could get arrested for that in the future. You didn't cover your mouth. Let me tell you something. Your whole house is infected now. 
First of all, it wasn't a cough. I just had a bite of my muffin, so it was a little bit of the dry mouth, number one. No, number no, no, two, no, no. I never saw it go anything two, into Don't tell mouth. me what I should do in my home. It's my Cover home. your mouth. This is my Cover home, your mouth. Bro. You do what you want, and the palatial. Cover your mouth, you filthy you know, animal. You of busted open. How do I know that your moat, germs didn't come through moat, your microphone into my microphone? The moat around your, your big castle, you know, and everything else with the security guards out in front and the, and the banner, the Hall of Fame banners and the rings and the accolades, Filthy. the trophies, the all the accolades, then the hallways, the vast hallways of the Bully Ray home. You know what? I don't have that luxury here in the look right. I got a kitchen. I got a living room. I got I got this room that I'm sitting in there that's attached to the living room, which is also the dining room, which is also the rumpus room, which is also the den, which is also, you know, the family room. All right. I don't have stages of homes like you have. I don't have multi levels and layers and, and you know and, and a, you know the, this vast uh, sh- chandelier that hangs down from the cathedral ceiling like you have. All right. So lay off. It was a little you, bit of dry you at my house? With the blueberry muffin that I'm eating. Cover your mouth. You on your throne. Your you corona-ridden, COVID-carrying, filthy head animal. With the famer and what Coughing you, what all you, over you, your wife and kids. Probably gave the dog the virus. You know, you got the well. You got your own well where you get the water that you drink. I got two the wells. Yeah, you got two wells. Two wells. We got a pool and a pond. I'm drinking Pond generic water from the dollar, generic water from the dollar store. All you got to do is cover your mouth. If you live in a shoebox, that's even more reason to cover your mouth. All those things spread six feet of spray, spray, spray. It wasn't a cough. It was. A, <clears throat> it was. A, no, 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 no. That was a full blow about that. Double barrel. All the time <clears throat> on it, Asymptomatic cough, not a blueberry muffin cough. Oh, I got dry mouth. I didn't even see you, you take a bite of your muffin. What's this? What do I got in my hand? It's called a blueberry muffin bully. Yeah, but you didn't take a bite of it. What are you talking about? There's two bites out of this. That was Corona. Two. Tell me, tell me what I, I, I covered my and I covered and on top of that I covered my mouth. No, you, you didn't. You can't see. I had the only, an angle that you uh, The only thing see. that was covering your mouth was the microphone. What I'm doing with my mouth. It's my mouth. And so my now the hole. microphone's going to die. My, this is my hand. And how do I know I covered my mouth? Because this is my hand that was in front of me while I coughed. You were trying to do the scene of you can't see me, but you, the spray went over your hands. You think so what did you think of Drew McIntyre? <laughs> <laughs> I, you know what, and, and it's early, and, and my and th- my attitude and my opinion may change by the end of the week. I don't think Drew McIntyre's beating Brock Lesnar at WrestleMania 36. I said this at the start of the show. I don't think he needs to. You know, we talk a lot about the Rocky movies. What did Rocky want to do in that first movie? He just wanted to go the distance. He just wanted to prove that he's good enough to hang with the champion. I think especially in the state that we're in right now, I think that's a good story to tell. And Drew said it in the interview. He said this, this may not be the end of the story. So I'm not, I'm not trying to take words or phrases from our interview and try to see if I can catch something or try to, try to find out if we can find a spoiler within his words. But I really don't think Drew McIntyre needs to win at WrestleMania 36. What's your thoughts? We can agree that that Royal Rumble moment was built up for a reason, correct? Yes. We can agree that Drew dropping Brock as much as he has has been built up for a moment, right? Yes. And that moment was most likely, if I had to bet a dollar, say, for Drew to defeat Brock Lesnar uh, and become the uh, WWE champion in front of 80,000 people. But now we got hit with the Black Plague and... It seems like if any match was going to change, this is the one I would probably change. And I would have no problem with it because Drew doesn't have to go over. All Drew needs to do is get over. Just like you said in the Rocky movie, Rocky got over in losing. Now, is Drew the same underdog that Rocky was? Absolutely not. But they can figure out a way 
for Drew to hand Brock his ass. But something goes a little awry, and Brock is able to slip away. And the only reason I would do this personally is to save that moment in front of the people. I think Drew is a special talent and is going to go on to become even more of a special talent. Listen, Vince saw a lot in him back the day, back in the day, a lot in him back in the day, and Vince doesn't want to be wrong about a guy that he chose, even though he chose that guy who went up against Bret Hart in that what was that guy's name? Tom Arnold or whatever the hell his name? Tom McKee, Tom Tom McCann. <laughs> yes, yes. I don't remember. And that, whatever. That was the first chosen one before Drew McIntyre, <laughs> and it didn't work out that well. So if if I was ever going to hit the pause button on something, it would be this. And hopefully by SummerSlam, the floodgates are open. Uh, we're past this Corona thing. And, you know, maybe have him win at SummerSlam. That's just a suggestion that I would come up with if they decided to put this victory on the back burner. Thanks for listening. Catch us Monday through Saturday on Busted Open from 9 a.m. to noon Eastern on Sirius XM. Fight Nation, Channel 156. The Busted Open Podcast. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand.